and welcome to ECE Quality Ireland podcast. I'm Celine Govern. And I'm Paula Walsh. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about community involvement. Um, so for those of you, I'm sure you all know that Shield to Standard 16 um, is entitled Community Involvement. And, you know, very briefly, I suppose, it talks about how by promoting community involvement, we can make those connections um, that which support the adults and the children, um, you know, in both their immediate and the wider community. So we're going to have a chat about that today. I know, Celine, you, um, yeah. you're always out and about with your lot in your local community, but like, and we can, we'll talk a bit about that first, I suppose, and then we'll talk about maybe what exactly community is as opposed to mm -hmm. just being your, you know, your immediate locality. And um, yeah. so you tell us, you tell us a little bit about, about your, about your perspective on it and what you do in your setting. Yeah. So I have um, a rural service in a village in County Meath and um, we were always ecchi only and we in last September went full daycare. Community yeah is a very strong um, part of the community that we live, you know what I mean, of the village. So there are lots of community organisations, all really beneficial, all run really well, all very enthusiastic. Community is important where we live. So I'm already involved in different, you know, elements of that. I'm involved in the tidy towns. I've been involved in the, in the community council. I'm involved in, in this local steam trashing committee, et cetera. So it's just second nature to me that my children in my school mm -hmm. are part of the community. Like we're on the main street. Um, it just, I just, I feel inherently that we're already part of the community. I don't feel that we run in isolation at all. So when I, I suppose in this term, as I speak at the moment, I'm speaking about community because of course it can it can mean lots of different things, you know what I mean? But in I'm speaking about the community of the village, the community that we live in and that we work in and where the children go to school. So yes, we are very heavily involved. We get out and are seen and visible in the community most days. Um and people have just have gotten used to us. Um I we are we do that because the children enjoy it so much. And also because we feel it adds such value to their lives and to their holistic education. Mm. I just think it's so important that children have a sense of place. Um, and I love the phrase that they encounter community within education. So our children are encountering their community all of the time. So we're out, we're walking we're visiting businesses, we visit the local park, we walk on the Greenway, we walk to the library every Friday, which is at the other end of the village, or sorry, every Thursday at the other end of the village. And we are involved in anything that's happening. So for example, at the moment, there is a, a kind of a, a thing going on by a local cancer support group, which do, do great work. And they're doing a fundraiser over the month of February. So I personally got involved in that. I committed to raise X amount of money and to walk X amount of, of mileage. And it just was a natural progression that my children would be involved in that too. So we're doing a sponsored walk tomorrow with the children where the children are going to bring their little wet legs onto the greenway 
and they're all going to bring in a very small amount of money. But together, accumulatively, they will raise a few bob. And then the local group that we're doing that for have decided they want to come with us. So now the parents are coming, the local cancer group are coming, and off we're all going tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. So the children are excited for it. They understand why they're doing it. And the children are being respected in their community as individuals, not yeah. just as somebody's child or as my student. They are being respected as people, as citizens of the country, as citizens of their community. And that's so important because that's where it starts, isn't it? They are valuable citizens. Oh, absolutely. And that's so lovely. Like, you know, it really is like the way you talk about it. And, you know, I can picture them in my mind's eye, you know, been delighted with themselves. And, yeah. you know, children love when adults, you know, take them seriously and listen yeah. to them and, you know, involve them. And, and that, mm. um, you know, and I suppose when we look at Ashter, one of the principles, you know, talks about children's and children and their lives in early childhood and, you know, being active citizens and mm-hmm. having citizenship and, Mm-hmm. and whatever you know and that's I know myself and yourself we were talking earlier on before we started recording you know we were talking about you mentioned the UNCRC yeah was article seven or something you mentioned yeah. you know when it talks about the right to your birth being registered and all that stuff because yeah. that's important for I suppose citizenship as we see yeah. it as in citizenship of a country as such mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's so much more to that, isn't it? Really, yes. like when you look at being, you know, citizenship in a community. To yeah. me, when I think about, and I was thinking about what we wanted to talk about today, Brom from Brenner. I love him anyway. Love Brom from Brenner's theory. I think it applies to everything. But it just immediately came into my mind's eye because you have the citizenship, that close citizenship in your even in the citizenship in your room in the room in your setting Mm -hmm. then the setting then there's the community itself and and whatever so you know um so that sort of popped into my mind's eye and how Mm. you know to be as you were mentioning earlier on that right to citizenship extends far beyond just being the citizen of a country of the world yeah and I mean for children you know their 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 right to citizenship it must start with where they are. You mm. know what I mean? So, you know, the UNCRC protects their right to nationality and to be a citizen of the country in which they were born in. But then Ashtar, I think, takes that and kind of breaks it down a little bit. And then they speak speak about their right to citizenship of their community. And, yeah. you know, and that's where it starts. And I think if we expect, if we have an expectation of teenagers, for example, that they are active, positive members of their community. But the foundations for that need to have been built in early childhood. Absolutely. And that is our responsibility along with the parents. Mm. You know, there's no point in getting teenagers to 16 and then giving out about them hanging around the corners. You know, wouldn't you think that they would do something for the community? Do you know what I mean? But yeah. if they never have experienced that in a positive way, and if they weren't respected by the community in a positive way as young people, well, then that's where everything starts to break down. Whereas, in fact, if they begin to be active citizens in early childhood, that should, in theory, carry through their teenage years into adulthood until they, and so that they then they become the active adult citizens 
who then help to promote and bring on the younger children. So it has to be a full community effort. And really, it has to be grounded in that children, young children, have as much right to be fully fledged members of a community as the adults do. Yeah, absolutely, they do. Absolutely. And, you know, I um, think also what's interesting, you know, it feeds into other articles, I think, of the UNCRC as well, actually, such as like, you know, things like freedom of association, like even this thing, mm. something like you, you mentioned, you walk down to the local library mm. with your uh, with your crew every Friday, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, if mm. that's an interest that they have, that's freedom of association, they're going to somewhere, you know, but even the thing like, you know, if they were to get their own library card, you know, the, the, the sense of ownership yeah. over that, you know, yeah. Huge. is is huge it, it is huge and it all feeds in I suppose to what you were just talking about you know yeah it's huge and you know we're also linked with um the local tidy town so every autumn we have a project where we plant daffodils so that's a great long-term thing you know so we, we, we plant them in a certain area and the parents come with us on that day as well and they plant the daffodils and then every day that we go for a walk the children are waiting to see the daffodils peeping up do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. long term learning goals and learning outcomes, you know. So, oh, all the daffodils absolutely. are up and they cannot wait to see them flower. They nearly can't remember what a daffodil looks like, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's it goes on and on, do you know. And some of the kids who come back to us for after school, then they remember where they planted their daffodils all those years ago when they were in Ecky with us, do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, the learning that is created. And the learning opportunities that are developed are just so valuable. And what I would say is what we are seeing is that when we are out in the community, obviously being immersed in the community and meeting people and doing things and going on walks is so important. But then you look at what happens when you come back to the classroom. Mm -hmm. And that's where you really see the learning being embedded because they will start to build the village out of the blocks. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Or they will paint the graveyard, which is one area that they're obsessed with. Do you know what I mean? And the learning that that comes from the trips in the village, it just continues all day and all week. Yeah. It's invaluable. It's and it's just it's it's relevant, isn't it, and meaningful. And I'm I bring up that phrase quite a bit, but you know it does. It makes them in their community bringing it back in mm. a sort of a cyclical thing but also making it you know relevant and meaningful to them and their lives and their community and the things they see and encounter every day you know but yes. um I, it's it is I agree with you it's just it is so important but like that we used to when I'm I no longer work directly in a setting but when I did manage a setting you know we had a big focus on the outdoors and just reminded me there when you were talking about um the the process the long-term sort of nearly like a learning story you know or experience of the daffodils you know so we used to have a bit we would have had a big um a big long sort of child height planter out the back Mm -hmm. and they would have planted vegetables and fruits Mm -hmm. and stuff and they'd potatoes carrots loads of things 
and onions and you know berries and they'd watch them grow all through the season and then at the end they'd harvest them and they'd bring them home and you know or taste yeah. them and whatever but um and there's so much learning there you know but even like then the process the following year the following spring you know they would be very hands-on even in in weeding out the bed and preparing yeah. it it wasn't just the the frilly parts you know it was yes. the reason getting the hand stuck in there but yeah. um you know and it's the learning can go on and on and on and on you know it really it's is. never ending and you know I suppose a lot of my inspiration with my involvement in the community comes from the Reggio Emilia approach and their um belief that children's community is so important I I was involved in a conversation on Twitter um a couple of weeks ago or I was observing which concerned me a little bit because it was a it was an English thread um English educators and they were querying the Reggio Emilia approach and somebody said well the Reggio Emilia approach only works in their location right because it's all based around their community and I thought, oh, how did people, well, in my mind, they just got that so wrong. In mm. my mind, what it means is it's about your community and what you do with your, so Reggio for me can be adapted to every type of a community, whether it's inner city, on an island, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. in my village, it's about encountering your community, how you value your community, how the children are valued in their community. And I think one of the ways to make sure that your children are valued in the community is to get them out there so that people can see that they are valuable citizens with something to offer the community. Do you know what I mean? And so therefore we move away from that idea, that very traditional idea that children should be seen and not heard. And we move into a space where of course, we should listen to the child. And this is where the child's voice then is amplified because we respect them as people who actually have something to add to this conversation about how their own community should work for them, the, the people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing as well about Shielta as well. I, I'm a firm believer you can't talk about one Shielta standard in isolation. Do you know, no, you ties into so many. So this one, for example, obviously ties into the rights of the child and and also the um parents and families identity and belonging you know it just ties into so many different things but i suppose we've spoken about you know going out into the community yeah you know but there's also that we the the other sort of flip side of it that we can bring yeah. the community in to our service you know and um have the children sort of see the community coming yeah. into them and you know is that something that you do in your yeah. service or yeah and you know it? it has to be part of it doesn't it because not all services which we will talk about are in a position to be as involved in the community as I am for various reasons there are barriers and we will speak about that but in the event that you've got a problem you can be as involved with your community by asking them to come into you so we for example have a great relationship with our postman. it is a man um and he's great he will he well he comes into the yard every morning anyway in his post van but he will often spend time you know so he will make sure that if there's a parcel he makes a big ordeal about it this is a relationship that we've built with him and he understands that we really value that and then we will just have different times where we will ask him to come into school and he'll allocate that time in his day for us um so that's that that's a really easy one the post people are generally <laughs> excuse me very obliging 
you know um we because of the community that we live in it's quite small you know what i mean so the local hairdresser who's also one of our mums is very good to come in you know and she'll do the importance of washing your hair and all that kind of stuff and they love it they just absolutely love it but another way to bring your community in is and and this is in a in a book chapter that that i'm in the middle of writing is to use imagery you know so it's it's a chapter i'm writing with somebody else who 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 we will do a podcast with yeah. so i won't say too much right but what she is saying is that she worked in a service where for various reasons they couldn't get out so they brought the imagery in so they spoke to the children first and they said on your way to school what are the things you see where do you like to go in your community right and they made a list based on that research that they did with the children and then they went out and they took photographs of everywhere that had been mentioned and then using the photographs then they were able to build a map so they mapped the community oh i love that love yeah. it yeah they mapped the community and they have it as a learning journey on a wall right and then the children then were able to constantly make reference you know, I, I like to go to Tesco. I go to Tesco with my mommy to do the shopping. My, you know, my brother brings me or my sister goes to that school. So it's, it's a, it was a, it's a town that this lady, <coughs> excuse me, was teaching in. So, you know, that's part of our book chapter is how do children encounter their community, both in real, you know, by going out and being in the community, but also by bringing the community into so we looked at, um, you know, imagery, map building, but also then how they and my kids do this when they come back in, how they will build using um, multi-model ways. So using the blocks, using the imagery, you know, drawing it on a piece of paper. So we have the ability through mostly dialogue, I suppose, to be able to bring the community in and the community that's important to them, not... Yeah what we feel is their community. I was just yeah. thinking that. I was just thinking that's, that was the great thing, you know, talking about that idea, because I suppose when we might decide what we're going to bring you here or there, yeah. but that was such a nice idea that you spoke about that, um, the person who's co-authored with you, talking about they first asked the children yeah. what they see on their way to school, what buildings they like, what places they like. Yeah. That's so key, isn't it? You know, yes. those simple things that, and I don't think it's that people might overlook them on purpose, but just don't think and they go, well, actually just go yeah. back one step yes. and think, how can we, how can this be coming from the child here? Do you know? Yes. But, um, yeah. but I love that. And there's so many other things though, that even not just community involvement that that feeds into, but when you were talking about like that tangible map on the wall, you know, so you have, learning about things to do it you know distance and location and direction and you know or spatial awareness or if they were building like you know there if you were saying they might draw things and then they might use the blocks to build say a a building and that's goes there on my map you know you've you've maths you've spatial awareness you've 3d concepts geography so Mm. many when you geography when you really sit down and think about what learning the child is experiencing that we might have intended it to be from one particular yeah but when you break it down the amount of it when you try and think you know what they're experiencing 
there's just so much going on there, isn't there? Yeah, and something as, I don't want to say simple or easy, but that's what it is really as the community. It's a whole resource on your doorstep. Yeah. You know, and whether you go out to it or you bring it in, it's hugely valuable. And then as you say, then it multiplies into early literacy, into early maths, into geography, into STEM. There's nothing, you know, that you can't do with it. Yeah, yeah. And I love that as well, That just because I know we're going to talk about the barriers as well. But And there may be, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. people and settings that can't, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, go out into the community. Um, you know, or people might think, you know, oh, you live in a lovely village, you know, and yeah. whatever you can go out. So there could, and there could be socioeconomic reasons why. But like that idea there of taking the photographs and bringing, so bringing the, you might don't have to necessarily look for other people in the community to give their free time to come in, like yeah. bringing the community in that way, yeah. you know, um, yeah. was a, is a great idea. That, and that can be done anywhere. You know, yeah, and it can. And you know what a really easy way is as well? You know, the sh- generally, people are very good. People are good, right? So I know we have photographs in our service of the... the I'm a devil. I've, I've reached out and asked for these. Like, so, you know, the doctor, the teacher, the priest, the hairdresser, they've all taken selfies of themselves standing outside their buildings and sent them to me. And I print them. That's a great idea. You know what I mean? So that the children, now, you know, where I live, there isn't generally a high turnover of people. Do you know what I mean? So the children can identify that's the doctor, that's the priest, that's the school teacher, that's the lady who sells me the ice cream. Yeah. That's you know, a great that's idea. Best. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You know, so even though they mightn't be able to get into you, it doesn't mean they can't be there. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean they can't be a topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. because they can you know but there are barriers there are yeah why do we talk about so, some of those yeah so you know why and we said this before not everybody is doing this and yeah. and and the question is why and is one question just that people haven't thought of it haven't considered it valuable and maybe will inspire somebody i'd say that might be one cause Probably. Mm-hmm. yeah you i know? think is it one of those standards of shield time? One of those things that it's like we've so many things that we are that are on our must do list, and this is on our well if we got time to do it list. But yeah. in actual fact, you know, as we spoke about there, there's so many other areas that it, and other areas of learning that it ties into, and mm. that it doesn't have to be as cumbersome. Even though I don't think it is, but some people might consider it cumbersome to get the children all ready to go. And has everyone gone to the toilet? And you know how how many um educators have we got? And getting them all done. Who's holding hands with who? And yeah. you know all those practicalities. Yeah. Of, you know as we were talking about. Have you, run, have you done your risk assessment? Risk you know all assessment. that stuff. It doesn't have to be that difficult. You know you can do bring it in, bring bring the community in, or you know it can be. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. What I what yeah, I've done is um what I've done is I've created I know risk assessments are a huge thing when you're going for a walk, right? And they people go, I'm not going to this hassle. What I do is I have developed a risk assessment for a walk. Right? Now I use a digital platform for all of my stuff. So it's on the digital platform. So before they go for a walk, 
or you know when they come up they they just and it's a tick the box exercise basically how many adults went how many children went were they in their high vis bisco i can't remember exactly did you take the role before you left does it you know did, were you within ratio did it meet your insurance you know whatever and it's, it sounds like it's very long it's probably about 20 questions it probably takes one minute to go yeah. through it all and the idea of it is that if they've forgotten something it would prompt them to remember yes oh god yes. who did we take do we have the phone yeah do you know what i mean is such and such is everybody holding hands that needs it might just prompt mm-hmm. you know so i have done that in a very easy way now i used to do that i always had one and i would print out 38 of them at the beginning of the year and put them into a file so that they were just able to pull them out and just yeah. do it really take quickly them. before they yeah. went yeah. and if they needed more they got more you know what i mean so there are easy ways around that but there are other barriers i mean the ratio question is huge mm-hmm. now Okay, so say we have an ECCE room and we've got uh, one to 11. So say we're 22 children, two members of staff. Mm. Do the ratios change? I think they do. Do they not if you're going out for a walk? It, it, it is, it is um, a constant topic of conversation. And some people seem to be told different information to others. It is not documented anywhere in legislation. Okay. The legislation dates that when, states that when you go for a walk, you have to meet you have to ensure that you are meeting the childcare regulations and the ratios so that's one to eleven right so that's good some people's insurance states something different okay which is a whole different thing so generally what i would do is we don't go unless we've got three adults we don't go unless we've got three adults and I'm lucky that, you know, I've generally got um, somebody employed under the AIM scheme or I as the floater will go as an extra, you know what I mean? Or I have an admin. Part. So we're generally quite lucky that we won't go unless there's three. We also walk on a walk doodle. Have you ever seen a walk doodle? No. Brilliant thing. I saw somebody else with it on Instagram last year. And of course, I nearly jumped on the poor provider going, what is that? So- what is this? I bought it on Amazon. It's a big long strap. You can get them for six children or 12 children, minus for 12. And it's like a rope, but there's a loop. Okay. And they all put their hand into the loop and they walk together in a line, teacher at the front, teacher at the back. Oh. Right? Very good. So we did a bit of training in our service and in our yard with it first, right? So initially, when we started in September, I made sure that they were all strapped in, right? Now, they could get out of it if they really wiggled enough. Now we're at a point was most of them just hold it. Yes. And if they happen to let go of it for any reason, they lose their lives because they're so, 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 they're brilliant. But we always go with three because there will always be a younger child or a child with an additional need or somebody who's just not in the mood of walking on the walk doodle, who needs yeah. to be held by hand. But also just, we are we are careful. Yes, I'm in a village, but the lorries do go tundering past. Mm. Um, and our children wear high-vis jackets. I know not everybody is feels that that's allowing them autonomy or whatever, but, you know, I'm just worried about them being seen. Yeah, just it's good practice. Yeah. I'm just yeah. worried about them being seen, really. Well, when our you live in a rural area... You know, <clears throat> to be honest, you know, I live in a rural village and, <clears throat> you know, if, if the adults in the village are going out for a walk in the evening time, they wear their high vis. So it's good practice. You know, it's, it's, and it's, it's relative again, to where 
it's everything that they live in yes exactly I think I I think it's important and I certainly have no objections to them Hmm. we do have one who just won't put it on and that's absolutely fine nobody is forced but the vast majority of them have no problem we say we're going for a walk they're all you know getting themselves into their own high-vis jackets they're they're, they're great so that's that's a concern it depends on your children it depends on your adults it depends also on the adult's comfort level so what I have found is because I'm in the background a lot and, you know, on, 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 on admin an awful lot, I'm not the person who walks with them every day, but I generally try to get to them every Thursday to walk, right? And Thursday is their library day. I find they're coming back up from the library and everybody's casual and uh, so good and there's no way anybody's going to, you know, go off, off, off kilter, but I'm in a bit of a flap. And I'm thinking, this is me. I need, because I'm not doing it every day. Mm. I can understand, and I would consider myself quite confident. I can understand how there are educators and providers who are just like, oh, I'm too nervous. Like, I I can't do this. I I don't want to be responsible for them on the road. That's a barrier. And it's okay to feel like that. We don't all have to, you know, we don't all have to do the same thing. I can understand how personal fear has to be respected. And if, if you've got an educator who is genuinely worried, they can't be made go and do this. No, but I think it's, as we mentioned earlier, it's thinking about it in the, a, a broader sense than just mm-hmm. having to physically take the children yeah. every day out into the onto the main yeah. street. You know, that doesn't have to be that way, you know. No, it so doesn't that- have to be. And, you know, for people who have those barriers or who are scared, and but they still think, God, I'd love to do it once or twice. Well, once or twice, ask your parents to get involved. We've parents coming with us tomorrow. And I find they are generally great. You don't need every parent. If you're really nervous and you really want every child to be holding a hand and you've already got three staff and you're bringing 22, what, you need another seven or eight parents. It's not beyond, you know, possibility, kind of. Um, And that's a good way to do it, you know, especially if you've done the imagery work beforehand and you've built your map and the children have been discussing these places and then you go on a walk to see these places. Do you remember the church in the photograph or do you remember the hairdresser and the excitement of actually going and seeing and talking about it? And then when they come back, oh my goodness, imagine the learning then Mm. that's going on as they come back and they share all that information. So there's so much that you can do. You can flip it. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> you know, the other barrier I thought of actually was um, because I'm conscious that we're not just focusing on the three to six year olds, but like for the younger children, yeah. you know, babies in strollers or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. That can also be a barrier, I suppose, you know, because it can. It can. We bought a double buggy. I bought a double buggy on um, Mar- Facebook Marketplace for 50 euro. Oh, you know, one of the big with the big wheels. Yes. Yeah. yeah um, yes. And we have two little. Actually, they haven't used it in a while. It was more back before Christmas and um, their little legs were just they were overwhelmed. But actually, mm. what we found with that was it was great because you could have two in it and two holding on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it, it was helping your ratios. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And for absolutely. 50 euro, it wasn't. I gave it a good scrub and a good wash and it's turned out to be a brilliant thing. It's also used when one of our teachers goes down to collect the after school children at two o'clock. 
she will often say, does anybody want to come? But I'm walking fast and they'll be climbing into the buggy. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? But that's a lovely connection too with the younger children and the older children, isn't it? Let's go oh, down. Yeah. I mean, I, do, I don't separate yeah. them at all. Ours just all lovely. roll in together. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot. And especially if their siblings are coming down, they'll want to go. That's and then lovely. of course you've got the buggy yeah. to carry the bags yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So it, mm. it's, it's um, multifunctional. But there's ways around everything. And sometimes I think you just have to think outside the box a little bit. But there are, you know, there's the barrier of the ratios. There's the barrier of uh, barrier of educator confidence, which has to be respected. Mm -hmm. There's also the barrier of parents. Yes, true. So what I did at the beginning of the year is I did up a Google form and I asked all parents because you can't be going for walks every day and haven't asked parents every day. No, you can't. No, that's just not. So I asked all parents for permission to bring their children on walks. And I included the risk assessment. I showed them the walk doodle and, you know, told them. And everybody said, yes, absolutely. No problem yeah. at all. And that's really good practice, you know, and that's something that would encourage everyone to do, you know, because. Yeah do that once the start of the year and it's done it's like you know having a lot of um enrollment forms you'd see you know the yeah. permission to apply sunscreen and you know all that stuff have that as part yeah. of it you know and um because it's, you can understand you know if parents are dropping their child to a, a facility mm -hmm. and they're not aware and all of a sudden you see them out in the street you know yeah. so there is an expectation that you know they do it's a parental involvement that that whole communication is so important so but like that mm -hmm. you they know that this is in your ethos you do it it's something that's very important in the setting you do it quite frequently and that's laid out at the start of the year and they can say yay or nay like you know so yeah, and also what um, i would say is from a from a provider perspective, once you've been doing it for a couple of years, you will actually end up with parents who come to you and say, I really want them to go to your service. I just see his age walking around. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I can't, and you know, a parent will always say, I don't know how you get him or her to walk on that. I can't get them to walk down to the shop for I me. Can't, <laughs> they won't do anything for me. Like I actually do have parents who will drop them off and say, he's walking today. And I'll say, yeah, we're going to go around 10 o'clock. And they're actually somewhere in the village in their car peeking to see. And then they'll say to the end of the day, how do you do that? Mm. Do you know what I mean? How do you get them to do that? And, you know, it's always the way, isn't it? We can get them to do things that the parents can't get them to do. Yeah. And, you know, I think as well, it's, you know, things. I remember years ago, we transitioned from being into it, from being a more standard service to being an outdoor yeah. service. And like myself, yeah. I remember initially, you know, getting the educators their head around not being stressed about the, everyone getting into the wet gear and the wellies in the quickest possible time to get outdoors, that mm -hmm. getting into the wellies and the wetsuit was mm -hmm. part of the learning process, mm -hmm. you know. So I think our mindset and just leaning into it, you know, and mm -hmm. saying, OK, well, you know, all yeah. these things. It's all part of the learning process. If it takes us 20 minutes to get out the door and we're only down, the, we're only Fine. out in a 10 minute walk, that 20 minutes is all part of it too. You know, yeah, so yeah. leaning into Absolutely. it and, and you know, accepting yeah. that those things take time, but they're part of developing their their autonomy and their self-help skills, getting the shoes on and all that stuff. You know, yeah. so look at part of that as the learning process as well, you know. Totally. And it's what I say all the time. Absolutely everything is a learning everything opportunity is a, yeah. everything yeah. is a learning opportunity i know just 
going slightly off kilter, but my son cut the hedges around school of late. And he said, oh, God, I have to get all this tidied up before school. And I said, why would you be tidying it up? And he said, well, just the kids. And I said, but you let the kids tidy it up. Yeah. Well, the crack that they had with the tractors and the trailers, oh, piling yeah. all of the cuttings into it, driving them all over, making a pile. It went on for about three days. Yeah. And something that he was just going to automatically make nice and clean and tidy. He was going to take away all of that learning. He just didn't realize. And it's yeah. the same with this. As you say, if it takes you 20 minutes to get out the door. And if you're halfway down the street and somebody has to go to the toilet, that's a learning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? So I think what we've come up with is that it's positive. It is. It's positive. Yeah. And that, you know, it doesn't have to be cumbersome. And that, no. you know, it's the perspective of how you look at what community involvement is. Yeah. You know, that it can be bringing the community in even that I love that thing about the photographs and building the map it's just so cool great idea yeah Yeah, so I think we sort of come to the conclusion that there may be barriers but they outweigh the benefits and they can be got over and they're mostly the adult barriers actually the barriers nearly always are mostly the adult barriers always 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 yeah yeah okay that was super enjoyed that really enjoyed that um so thank you for listening this has been the ece quality ireland podcast and you can listen back to our past episodes on anywhere that you get your podcasts or up on acast um and feel free to like and share spread the love and share our podcast link with anybody that you think might enjoy it and we'll talk to you next time